most of the people in the world believe in God. Most people in the United States believe in God. Over 90% throughout really over the last, I don't know, 50 or 100 years, surveys have shown at least 90 plus percent people in the United States believe in God. And most people, the majority of the people around the world who say, I believe in God, they follow a Christian expression of that belief. The majority of people in the world who believe in God say, I am a Christian. And so over the last few weeks, we've been saying, well, what does that mean? If there are so many people who say they're Christians, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? Last week, we've talked about several things, but last week we talked about obedience. Do you remember that? Have you been thinking about that this week? That the Bible says that God has called me to follow Him And if I'm a Christian, then I say I'm a follower of Jesus, that I should be living my life with God's help, but I should be living my life the way God says that I should live it. But there's something very important about that thing that we talked about last week called obedience. We need to be very clear that we cannot obey God in our own strength. We cannot, listen... We cannot live the Christian life in our own effort. I don't know about you, but I can't do it. Amen? I can't do this. As I read the Bible, as I see God's purpose for my life, I cannot fulfill that. Thank the Lord that's why Jesus came. Because I needed to fulfill every last bit of it to be perfect enough to have a relationship with God Thank God, he said, Robbie, I know you never will be able to, so I'll come do that part for you. Praise the Lord. Amen. If you'll just trust in me, you can be reconciled with me. You can have a relationship with me. But then, now that we got that out of the way, now that we have a relationship, I want you to depend upon me for the rest of your life to live out the purpose that I have for you. But you cannot do it in your own strength. Many Christians realize that we don't come to God in our own strength, right? But many Christians don't realize that we don't continue in God in our own strength. Did you hear that? We, we, many of us would say, I know it's by God's grace and it's by trusting in what He did for me completely alone that I come to God. But after that, surely there's something I have to do really, really hard. Amen? Isn't that what we say? In fact, the Bible talks about that in Galatians 3, verse 3. The Apostle Paul said to the Galatians, he says, Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? He says, You started by the work of God's Spirit working in your heart. Did you think that you were going to accomplish the rest of God's purpose for your life in your own efforts? And so tonight, here's what we want to talk about. If you want to know what the Christian life is really all about, you must be sure to understand and consider the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. In fact, tonight we're going to say, if you are a Christian, you should see clear evidence that God's Spirit is working in your life. And that's what we're going to talk about together tonight. We're talking about, if you're a Christian... You should see evidence of God's Spirit. So let's talk about that together. And I would first of all say this. If you are a Christian, you ought to first of all be able to say that I sense 
that the Spirit of God is in me. Did you hear that? If you're a Christian, you should have a sense that God is living in your heart. One of the greatest and most amazing realities about, listen, about being a Christian is that the God of the universe is now dwelling in these bones, in this flesh. Isn't that incredible? I cannot even begin to stress the wonder of that God. I mean, we study the universe and there's no limit to the universe. And that God lives in me. The Bible says in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, it says, Do you not know, you read the part that's underlined, Do you not know that you are a temple of God? This building that you're sitting in right now is not the temple. This is not the church even. This is, if you hear me talk about, hey, I'll meet you, I don't say at church, I say I'll meet you at the office. I'll meet you at our offices, or I'll meet you at our building, because this is not the church. The Bible says that the Spirit of God lives in us. You are the temple of God. I'm the temple of God. And that the Spirit of God does what? Dwells in you. Now, I need to mention something as we're talking about that. There are some churches that you're going to go to throughout your lifetime that are going to tell you that when you come to the Lord... When you receive Christ as your Savior, you do not yet have the Holy Spirit living in you. But that is not what the Bible teaches. The Bible does not teach that you accept Christ and then later, through another series of events, then the Spirit of God comes and lives in you. That's not what the Bible teaches. Let me read to you out of Romans chapter 8, verse 9. In Romans 8, 9 it says, But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not what? Belong to him. Okay, so according to that verse, can you be a Christian and not have the Spirit of God? No. And so in a positive way, let's put it this way. If you are a Christian, wow, the Spirit of the God of creation lives in your very body. Isn't that incredible? And if He does, don't you think He'd kind of send something? Don't you think you'd kind of sense that He's in me? Amen? I mean, even on my bad days, I can't help it. He's in there. Amen? One time I compared it with swallowing a frog. You know, you swallow something live. You swallow something living. Guess what? He's moving down there, right? He's working in me. I sense that there is something. I don't know, that's kind of weird, but I don't know. It just kind of works for me. He is in me, and I can feel it. So 1 John chapter 4, verse 13. Let me give you a couple of verses that talk about that. In 1 John 4.13 it says, By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us. What's that's another way of saying what? By this I know that I'm a what? I know that I'm a Christian because He has given us of His Spirit. I struggle with many things. You struggle with many things, don't you? Sometimes I wonder, am I really a Christian? Am I really a follower of Christ? But guess what? I can't help it. He is in there. And that is one of the evidences in my life that I know that I'm a child of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 16, a few verses after what we just read. It says, The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. You should have, if you're a Christian, you should have a sense in your heart. You know your mind. You know I'm living in you. You know that you are a follower of Jesus Christ and that you are a child of God. 
And so I would just ask you, do you have that? Do you sense that tonight? Do you sense that the Spirit of God Himself is living in your heart and your life? That is critical if you truly are a Christian. Now, I want to clarify something very important here tonight because there's a misunderstanding as we as your pastors talk with people about their relationship with God. Many people uh, will say to us, you know what, God's working in my life, God speaks to my life, and they kind of have this sense that they're already a Christian. But as we further explore that with them, many times they'll share with us, we'll say, okay, so that means you've given your life to Christ, right? Well, no, I haven't yet given my life to Jesus Christ, but I sense that God is in my life. Okay, so let's talk about that. We just said, if you are a child of God, the Spirit of God lives in your heart, right? Okay, but the misunderstanding is this. In a sense, God is working, and don't miss this because many people are confused about it. In a sense, God is working in all of our lives, isn't He? Isn't that true? In a sense, God is speaking to all of us. Okay, before you become a Christian, what's God doing? God's calling you. God's saying to you, I want to give you eternal life. I want to forgive you. I want you to be part of my family. So in a sense, we hear God speaking to us. We hear God calling us. We hear God uh, drawing us. But just because we're praying, just because we're hearing God's voice, that does not mean that God resides in your life and that you are a Christian. Maybe we should think about it like this. Just because someone is talking to you does not make them your dad. Isn't that true? Just because you hear someone's voice does not mean that you have a close personal relationship with that person. It's a very important distinction. Some of us think that we are a Christian because we pray and because we sense God speaking to us. But listen, in a weird way, the enemy would like for you to settle for that. The enemy would like for you to think that because you hear God's voice speaking into your life, that you are already a child of God. But God says, no, if He's speaking to you, here's what He's saying. He's saying, come to me. He's saying, give your life to me. He's saying, become my child, receive my forgiveness. That's what God would be saying if He is speaking. Truly, if you're hearing from God in your life. And when you make that decision, when you give your life to God, you're going to sense. Would somebody back me up here tonight? Do you sense that God, the Spirit of God is in you? Amen? Even on bad days, I can't help it. God lives in my heart. So if you're a Christian, you're going to have a sense that the Spirit of God is in you. But also, you're going to see that the Spirit of God is working on you. Is He working on you tonight? This week, uh, with uh, one of my kids, we did a camping trip. And so we were sort of, we were doing an overnight camping trip, and we were sort of wrapping up from the trip. And it seems like in the Adirondacks, it's just not camping until it what? Rains. Why is that? Rain is so annoying. I mean, I'd rather, I don't know if I'd rather snow. But at least snow's not as messy as rain sometimes, right? So here we are, we're packing up my truck, and... And, and we're trying to get everything uh, put together before the rain comes. And the problem is I don't have a cover on the back of my truck. And so we put things we didn't mind getting rained on the back of the truck. But unfortunately, about 75% of it needed to not get rained on or I'd prefer it not be. Amen. All right, I have a bigger mess to clean up later. So here we are. And I've got these, uh, 
You know, I've got basically four doors, but it's those four doors that you kind of always get stuck in Walmart parking lot behind one of them, you know. It's not four full doors, so it's sort of like two half doors in the back. And so here we are, if you can just sort of imagine in your mind, sleeping bags and pillows and all this stuff just being crammed and crammed and crammed. The last one, you know how it is, don't you? Just cram the last one, do what? Wham! <laughs> you know, right? Don't open it until we get home and then just let it all fall out. Okay, if you have that picture in your mind, then imagine for a minute, just as we said a moment ago, the Spirit of the living God being packed into your little body. Isn't that kind of the image that you get? How could God possibly fit in here? Amen? How could he possibly be in that sense contained? He's not contained in another sense. I mean, he's certainly bigger than us. But how could he possibly you push all of God in here and then do what? Cram it in and then what? Somebody hold it and do what? Slam the door, right? You would think if that God was in me, he's got to come out. Amen? Isn't that the picture? That stuff that I crammed in my truck? I mean, it's in there. But it doesn't need to stay in there, does it? It's eventually either going to blow the doors off or the wind is going to break or I'm going to open the door and it's just going to all fall out. That's the picture we ought to have this massive, majestic king of the universe packed into Robbie. You would think that he would show up in my life. Amen? And pretty noticeably. Now there's a lot of things. In fact, you could pretty much just say the Bible. Okay, read the Bible. Read what God would do if God was working your life. But the Bible gives us a list of things in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. And I want to read that fruit. The Bible gives us some representative evidence. Okay? Am I a Christian? First of all, Do you have a sense that God Almighty is living in your life? Okay? Do you sense that? But also what we're talking about here is you should begin seeing some fruit. What's another way of saying fruit? What's fruit representative of? What's it symbolic of? What what are we trying to get to? God wants us to show what? Okay? Those are some specifics. Fruit is evidence, isn't it? Fruit is evidence that God has been packed into the back of Robbie's truck and he just wants to burst out. So let's look at what the Bible says. Would burst out of me if Christ is living in me. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Now listen, some of you, no, don't do that. Don't do that. You're writing another note or you're texting somebody. I know this passage, love, joy, peace, patience, kind of Okay, some of you know the Bible that well, and guess what? Because of that, you don't read it anymore. You just skim it. Okay, so I just, I got your number and I'm calling you out, all right? Some of you feel intimidated because you don't know the Bible as well, but it might be a blessing in some sense because it might be fresher to you. Okay, so we all need to kind of ask God to help us to stop and think. God, you're saying, here's some of the evidence. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Help me. Goodness, faithfulness, 
and self-control. Okay, let's talk about those things. The Bible says that God, if He were living in you, would, would produce love. He would produce, what, what is agape love, which is used there? That's the word that's used there. What kind of love is that? That is unconditional love. Okay? Unconditional means what? Un means what? English, little English quiz here, guys. Un means what? Not conditional. Okay? So God's kind of love would be a love that's not conditioning. I love you if. That's not how God works. God would be working in you that you would stick with relationships. Not that you would bail out on them. That unconditional commitment. God would be working you. Love is that I start thinking about you and you're better more often than I'm thinking about myself. Okay, so there's love. The Bible says that God will be producing joy in me. Joy is it's sort of hard to describe, isn't it? And many times you'll hear Christians, you'll hear pastors make the distinction between happiness and joy. Happiness is more, we think of circumstance-driven. Joy is more beyond circumstances. And so we think of contentment. We think of an optimism and an optimistic expectation in spite of our circumstances. Isn't that joy? I can have joy. I'm not necessarily feeling great, but I can have joy in a sense, a special uh, uh, um, experience of my relationship with God that's different than the world can offer, I can have an optimistic expectation even though my circumstances aren't great. That only comes from God, doesn't it? Love, joy, peace. The Bible talks about we can have a sense of the word peace, actually, to Hebrew people was pretty important. It meant uh, stability or it meant well-being. It meant wholeness. That my life felt complete. That there was a fulfillment about it. And specifically Romans 5 verse 1 says that now we have peace with God. That's good, isn't it? Now things are whole between me and God. There's nothing missing between me and God. And so the Bible says if I had Christ living in me, I'd start feeling more of that. That, that, I, that I'm not so shaken about. That I'm not so much in turmoil. But there's a peace in my heart. Patience. The Spirit of God would start working in me that I'm willing to put up with more. Isn't that what patience really is? I'm willing to put up with more than I would prefer to. That's literally what it says. Literally, the word says, long to get hot. That's a good word picture, isn't it? Patience means I'm long to get stirred up. Robbie's not long to get stirred up. Are you? Okay, but I sense the Spirit of God. I see the Spirit of God desiring to produce that. And over the years, I see more of that fruit coming out. The Bible talks about kindness. I don't know why, but do y'all, would y'all agree that we see kindness as kind of a cherry on top of our life? It's like a nice thing to add to your life, but I don't necessarily have to be kind. Would y'all agree? Sometimes it feels that way, that we, we can just treat people kind of like we want to. But listen... If you study kindness in the Bible, it was amazing to me a few years ago, I studied kindness. If you study, it, it blew me away. I did not realize how critical kindness was in God's work in our lives. It's really spoken to me about stopping and thinking of other people and dealing gently with other people. Thoughtfulness, all those things come to mind with kindness, don't they? The Bible says that that. that Kindness has been extended to us from God. It's very critical in our relationship with God. And that we're supposed to be kind 
one another as human beings. If you're a Christian, you should find yourself... You know, I used to have an attitude a lot, and I still do. But I find myself not wanting to do that anymore. I find myself thinking before I act. Do you see that happening in your life? The Bible talks about goodness. It's just being an upright and an honorable person. A person who wants to do the right thing. Is that you? Are you finding yourself more often saying to yourself, I want to do the right thing in every situation of my life? Faithfulness. That you're staying with people. That you're staying with situations longer than you used to. Do you find that? That even when I want to give up, that I remain faithful to commitments that I've given? That's a spirit That's a spirit fruit evidence in your life. Gentleness. We talked about kindness. Gentleness. uh, Many of you may have heard this, but the word in the Bible means strength under control. And the picture I like to use is a horse. Okay, you picture this massive horse. What can a horse weigh? Over a thousand pounds. Okay, this massive beast of an animal. And it's under control. It's being controlled. Okay, that's the picture of gentleness. It's not that we're weak. Meekness, gentleness is not weakness. It's strength, great strength, but under control. We don't have a short fuse. Anybody here struggle with that? We're not harsh with other people. Sometimes we struggle with that, don't we? And then self-control. I don't have to live a life that is driven by my desires. I don't have to do what I want to do. That's self-control, isn't it? This past week, I was pulling out of my driveway, and I've just had this fear over the years of my driveway. I've just had this fear of backing over, you know, a child or just whatever. I just have always had this, and so I'm just constantly looking, okay? So I'm going out of the driveway. I'm I'm looking this way. I'm looking that way. I'm looking in the rear. I'm looking this way. I'm looking that way. I'm going slow. I'm just trying to give every opportunity. If there's anybody, if there's a child behind me, thank the Lord, our kids have grown up, so that's not as big of an issue with them, maybe riding bikes or whatever, but our sidewalk, whatever. Well, here I am, and so I'm backing out of the driveway. I'm looking. I'm checking. I'm making sure I'm just about to make the commitment to go out on the street, and I look up, And there is an adult man on a bike. And I mean, he's just like, he's just like his hair's blowing in the wind. It's like he's got love songs in the night on his iPod. You know, he's just like, he's just like floating behind my truck. And I'm like, you know what? I know he saw me. I know he saw me pull it out. And and, and a combination of, I'd gotten up early that morning. I had a couple things kind of weighing on my mind. I was trying to get to the office. And I was nervous about running over somebody. And there's a man, of all people, an adult, almost got ran over. And I'm not kidding you. I almost lost it. It just, I don't even know. I mean, it's so dumb. It was just a perfect storm. I was ready for him. And I saw him going down the road, and I'm just like, he does not need to go throughout this day without realizing that he just about lost his life. And so here, I I mean, I am two seconds away from pulling back up, opening the door, and just forgetting who I am and who I live for, (laughs) and just telling this guy, do you not realize you almost just died, and you don't even care? I'm not kidding you. I mean, I was that far away. I just did not even care. I am not kidding you. 
the words self-control popped up in my mind. All right. All right, Lord. That's what we're going to do. Listen, this wasn't Pastor Robbie was going to preach on this. And so, or Pastor Robbie preached on this last week. And so we put it on our dashboard. And, oh man, we're about to have a breakdown. Let's look at the list and let's go down through it. No, that's our effort. This was Holy Spirit of God put on the screen of my brain... Something that I was not looking for. He initiated the right thing to do. And I asked him for the ability to do it very quickly. That is it. Some of us still have in our minds that that list of things that we've got to try real hard to do. But friend, listen, that's not it. It's not come to church, hear how... Uh, hear how many things God wants you to do in your life. Feel terrible because you're only doing two out of 8,000. And then try to do two more next week and still feel like a failure. That is not what it means. What it means is learn the ways of God. And then as He prompts you, as He speaks to you, respond to Him. And even then, in His strength. So I want to ask you, are you seeing those kind of things come out of your life. If you're a believer, if you've been a believer for a while, are you seeing those things come out in increasing amounts? And again, make sure. We're not saying we're checking off a list. We're saying, are you being prompted by the Spirit of God to do the right thing? Are you you allowing Him to give you the strength? And are you seeing more and more That the Spirit of God is working on your life and changing your life and making making you more like Himself. If you're a Christian, the Spirit of God should be working on your life. Do you sense that? Do you see that? Okay, so, so I have a sense that God's in there. He's in there. I swallowed something living. And He's moving. He wants to come out, right? And I'm starting to see some things. I'm starting to see some evidence. I didn't even realize it. Thank you, God's Word, for showing me some of the things I didn't even realize. Somebody here tonight said, I didn't even realize I'm starting to show some evidence that God's in there. The last thing I want to share with you is this. You should sense He's in there. You should see that work happening. But your life should be a life that is led by the Spirit of God. Okay, now, now let's take it a step further here as we talk about this. Okay? I'm talking about, we, we've talked about, okay, I, I, I sense God's in there. Some of you say, yeah, I believe He is. We've talked about, yeah, I see Him working. Yeah, I believe He is. But is He directing? Is He leading my life? Maybe not so much. Okay, this is a little different, isn't it? Is the Spirit of God leading your life? Okay? We're talking about, okay, I can receive God. He's in there. I sort of sense that. I can see fruit coming out. Okay, I sort of see that. But this is kind of taking it up a notch just a little bit. 
Let's see what the Word of God says, though. Is this something we should expect if God lives in us? Romans chapter 8, verse 14. It says, for all who are being what? Led by the Spirit of God are the sons, are the children of God. Friend, if you did get a dose of Jesus, if He did really get in your life, you're going to become a person who is led by His Spirit. Many of the things that we've been talking about in this series, we see, and I've mentioned it, we see as optional. We see as nice. It'd be nice to see those things. It'd be nice if those things happened in my life. But listen, and this one I believe is in that category. We're here tonight. Yes, I can receive God. Yes, I can sense Him, I see Him working in my life. But being led by the Spirit, that kind of seems like an A++, you know, super Christian kind of choice. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of the children of God. Listen to Galatians chapter 5, verse 25. It says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. That word walk actually is a word maybe better translated march. If we live by the Spirit, do you live by the Spirit? I'm alive by the Spirit of God, amen? If you are alive, if you're living by the Spirit of God, let us also walk by the Spirit. It could be maybe better translated, let us march by the Spirit. Let us be led by, let us be directed by the Spirit. What the Bible's saying is if you live by the Spirit of God, then you're going to be led by the Spirit of God. 1 John chapter 2, verse 6 says, The one who says he abides in him, what's that another way of saying what? I'm a Christian, right? The one who says, I abide in Christ, I'm a Christian, ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. It's like we talked about last week with obedience. If I say that I abide in Christ, if I'm a Christian, I should live as He lived. I should obey Him. But that's closely tied with this idea of being led by the Spirit of God. Is your life led by God's Spirit? Not just is God working in there, not just do you see some things happening in your life, but are you being led by the Spirit of God? Maybe we should put it this way. Is God setting the overall and the daily direction of your life? Would you think about that for just a moment? What would it mean if God was setting the course for the overall and the daily direction of my life? Isn't that a step up? Isn't that a little more than I come to church? I've prayed a prayer and I've asked Jesus to be my Savior. Isn't that more? Are you with me? Amen. You're just thinking? Okay. All right. Being led by the Spirit means I'm seeking God for His direction, and as He gives it, I am following that direction. Now, if you're here tonight and you would say, no, I'm not being led by the Spirit of God, it's possible that you could say, no, not right now, I'm not being led by the Spirit. Okay, that could be because you're a Christian, but God's stirring in your heart, and that's part of the reason we're having this series, because He's stirring in your heart, He's trying to teach you, and the reason you're not being led is because you're about to start right now. Praise the Lord. Get started, amen? There's some of us in this room, say, Pastor Robbie, if I was really being honest with God, my life is not being led by the Spirit of God. 
is that maybe because at one time you were being led by the Spirit, but for some reason you've backed away from that? Do you ever go through times like that in your life? I got to tell you, I sense in my heart God's stirring. You ever feel that? God's stirring in my heart. He's doing something. You ever sense that? Okay, and I think it is. I love the songs that we sang. Spirit of the living God, do what? Fall fresh on me. Amen? I hope that ministered to your heart tonight because this is where you're at. You know what? To be honest with you, right now, today, I am not currently being led by the Spirit, but it's not the Spirit's fault. He's working in me. He's calling me out. I can see Jesus out front. I know I'm a child of His. If you were watching my life, you may not see so much. I'm not spending time with Him. I'm not seeking His direction for my life as much. But I want to. I'm headed there. And, and now it's time. This is God's message to me. Enough playing games. It's time to get things straight again. Amen? Now, as we talk about being led by the Spirit, there's something that confuses a lot of people. Many people get confused and say, you know, listening to God, hearing God's voice. Isn't that a little bit sort of hard to grab hold of sometimes? How do you, Pastor, how do you listen to God? How do you hear God's voice? How do you follow His direction? Well, as I shared last week, Jesus said in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. So it is possible for you to hear God's voice. Let me just share this with you. God is not trying to make it complicated. God is not trying to trick you. Isn't that good news? Okay, God is speaking. It's just a matter of me being tuned in to what He's saying, and He's not changing the channels just to trick you, okay? I got the walkie-talkie. I got 16 channels. No, did you know you actually have 16 times maybe 9 or 10 because you got point one, point two, point three. Okay, God's not saying, turn to channel 11. Ha ha, I'm on 11.3. And you didn't know there was a point three. Okay? That's, that's a lot of people's image of God. That's not the way God is. God says He wants us to hear His voice. And you can hear His voice. I would just say, like I uh, challenged you last week, are you giving Him plenty of opportunity to speak into your life? For many of us, it's just as simple as we are just not sitting still long enough for God to speak to us. Most of us probably even have our quiet time with God. It's, it's hard to be quiet with the transfer truck going by us. It's hard to be quiet when the radio's on. It's hard to be quiet when all, you know what I mean? We even do our time with God, what? On the go. On the run, don't we? And it's okay to spend time with God on the go, isn't it? But if you don't have time when you press pause and you stop and you, you open up His Word and you seek His face and you spend time with other believers and you come to church and you try to live this out and you get involved in serving God and you begin massaging that and letting God just pour into your life, you're going to be amazed that God actually speaks. I've never heard Him verbally, audibly speak. But I can tell you, God speaks. My life. And He will speak to yours if you will give Him the opportunity to be heard. It is impossible to be led by the Spirit of God unless you are listening to the Spirit of God. So I encourage you tonight to cultivate 
the practice. You can call it a discipline. I don't like that as much because some Christians make it drudgery that way. But you can cultivate the practice in your life of the relationship of, I want to be in front of God as much as I can. Because I want to be ultimately be what? Led by God. I believe many of us in this room tonight have that desire. The reason we're not is because we're not hearing His voice clearly. The reason we're doing this whole series is because many people say, many people across the world, and especially in the United States, I'm a Christian. What does that mean? It means that you should see and sense and and experience and follow the work of the Spirit of God in your life. Do you tonight see that work? If not, is it because He's not in there? And tonight you need to ask Him. You know what's so cool about it is? Tonight you can ask Him. And actually, it's not even so much that. It's just receiving. It's just saying, okay, God, yes. It's surrender, if you want to put it that way. It's just allowing. I'm not going to block. That's the way I like to think of it, because that's my problem. I block. I don't have to generate God's work. Isn't that good news? I just need to stay out of the way of it. So tonight, if God is knocking, the Spirit of the living God is knocking on the door of your heart, that's good news. You know what His Word says? Today, while you can hear His voice, somebody even now is checking out. Please don't check out. There might come a day, not when God will quit speaking, but I no longer have the ability to hear His voice because my heart has been hardened. Today, the Bible says, while you can hear His voice, give your life to Him. Right now, you could say, yes, Jesus. I want to do what these precious people did. Wow, what courage they had. What love they have for you. I want to give my life to you. Tonight, I ask you to come into my life and be my Savior. If you do that, you truly open up your heart to God, the living God will come by His Spirit and reside in your life. Starting right now and lasting forever. If you say tonight, Pastor Robbie, I know I'm a Christian, but I don't see a lot of God's work. I sense He's wanting to work. I sense I'm blocking him. Boy, tonight, would you pray for me? I want to ask you just to bow our heads for just a second. Would you lift up your hand? Would you say, Pastor, I would pray for me. I sense God is knocking. I sense he's in there. But I'm blocking him. Would you lift your hand? Every person that lifts their hand, we're going to pray for you in just a minute. God sees that. That is a step tonight. You're taking a step. Physically. Thank you, I see all those hands. You just admitted to God, God, I sense it, I want it. Dear Heavenly Father, tonight I pray for each person that lifted up their hand. God, thank you that you saw their heart, that they're noticing your work in them. They're responding tonight. Father, thank you that we cannot live this life on our own, but you come give us the power to do it by your spirit.
Help us to not leave that opportunity. Tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.